Hi, good evening. And every um, Sunday at 8 p.m. London time at ZP, we like to do a webinar for our, um, well, for, for the news for this week. So this is a sort of retrospective look at the, um, at the week. So today's the June the 6th, and this is a look back at the news from the week starting um, the 31st of May um, 2021. So let me um, sort of essentially dive straight into it. Now, the first thing that um, I'm actually going to say is we have our ZP Developer Zone webinar and we do a, um, a presentation to the members every week. And so I'm actually going to answer some of the questions from that um, from the ZP Developer Zone um, this week. So um, forgive me if I um, I'm, I'm also going to do some technical material this week. First thing I want to just say is we're going to start stepping up our newsletter um, a lot more. So um, at ZP in the past, we've had a newsletter. We haven't um, been publishing it regularly um, of recent, but we're definitely now going to step it back up. So if you're interested in kind of getting um, the news from ZP just once a week, straight into your inbox, um, we'll put sort of material in there that's not available elsewhere. And then please subscribe to our ZP um, newsletter, and I'll make sure that I put a link. Um, we're trying to sort of link to it so people can find um, this newsletter um, pretty soon. I must, yeah. Now the next thing I'll just discuss is, as I say, we have a very active um, developer zone, and um, we do get some good technical questions that come through the developer zone. So thank you very much. Um, for all the people who um, ask questions there. The Developer Zone, we do a webinar every Thursday at 8 a.m. London time. And it's, that, that is often driven by the forum. Now, since the forum has become quite popular, we've started to now increase um, the amount of material. Or, well, sorry, we're starting to increase um, the amount of material then that we're having to take out that webinar and bring to this um, to this podcast and vlog. So we appreciate um, the fact that many of you now um, are watching both the 8am um, ZP Developer Zone webinar and you're following this 8pm um, on a Sunday um, vlog as well. So we had a question come in this week into the forum and the question was really about um, the inhibition of PCR, that's polymerase chain reaction. Um, so I'm just going to say um, a quick hello to one of our um, members. Um, so just a quick, um, yeah, so the forum, we, we had a question that came through in the forum and the forum asked the question, um, the gentleman or the, the inquirer is using an ISFET um, sensor um, and that's an iron selective field effects transistor. And he was asking the question that he's historically been using a chlorinated silver wire as the reference electrode, but he's actually, or they have actually been going over to silver, silver chloride and platinum um, recently. And they've been having some issues that, and they're asking the question, I've been using this ice vet um, as a reference. I've been using a, a chlorinated silver wire. I've gone over to the ZP Silver Silver Chloride ink or paintable ink and then he says, you know, have we got any evidence or any knowledge about it inhibiting 
um, PCR. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna answer that um, question this evening, and then just do some more normal news. So just a kind of way of background, you know, you can there's many sort of materials you can use for a reference electron biosensor. Yeah, I think I went offline for a second there, so hopefully um, not a complete disaster um, for you guys. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to try and pick up my track. So the inquirer was asking this um, was asking the question: um, Did um, did we have an experience of using um, the paintable platinum silver silver chloride as a reference electrode when doing? ISFETs with PCR. So they've historically been using a wire and um, sorry then and they were they've been using now this paintable silver chloride ink. Now we had um, an electrochemical rationale that came from um, from Ali and Ali was you know rightly saying you know the first thing to do you know if you're if you're trying to answer the question um, do we know whether um, an ink can inhibition? It's really kind of useful to actually know, you know, what is the source? What is the source of the signal? I seem to be going offline again in a minute, so I apologise if that's um, maybe I'm coming back on again. Um, right. Um, so Ali's been asking the question. Um, no, sorry. Ali, Ali was basically saying to him on the on the forum, um, you know, you have to use, um, you you have to tell us what the source of the signal is, and he was also um, asking the question, um, well, possibly if you change the reference, then you might need to optimize um, again. So I definitely, um, I apologize this evening. I might be having some internet um, issues. Right, um, right. So um, that was the electrochemical rationale that there might actually be a, um, a bit of a. Um, if you change the reference, then you might have to um, basically optimize the gate voltage um, again. So what I will do is um, I'll carry on, but I do seem to be having some um, internet issues this evening, so I apologize for that. Now it's worth saying that um, Ali um, has actually done a really nice video on um, ISFETs. Um, so there is, you know, you, you can find Ali's video through um, this link on um, on our website, but it's a really good um, introduction to iron sensitive field effect um, transistors. So I do appreciate the fact that um, Ali did work. Now I'm going to jump really back into the question and the question was do we have any experience of silver silver chloride inks inhibiting um, PCR and so let me um, answer that um, question. First of all you know we are quite experienced with um, PCR at um, ZP you know we appreciate that PCR is a fairly good way of um, rationalizing um, or, not rationalizing, but identifying um, microbes and bacteria and things like that. So we're, you know, we're quite used to sort of 
you know, using these buffers and these primers and these polymerases and these nucleotides. And we, you know, we go through the sort of PCR. I mean, I'm, sh I'm showing a sort of almost traditional PCR and we appreciate that there's isothermal PCR techniques, but where you take the DNA, you anneal it to form the single strands, you add a primer, you add the polymerase, um, and then, you know, in the presence of these um, nucleotides, you're able to form the corresponding strand, and then you can anneal. So we're quite used to at Zimmer Peacock um, having um, or using PCR as part of biosensing. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to do a quick um, note. Just um, just write a quick note because we're dropping the internet, but Ali's been kind enough to say that it's staying up. So the original question that I was that I was dealing with was um, the inquirer said, look, I've been using a chlorinated silver wire with my um, PCR reaction and my biosensor development. Everything seems to be pretty good. Um, but then um, he is saying that, um, my goodness, I think I'm losing the internet again. But then he's in the literature. There's also quite, there's also um, quite good literature precedence as well um, that um, um, that silver ions can actually in fact um, inhibit PCR. So it's not a million. It's not a, it's not an amazing surprise to us that uh, people do have problems. I, the thing about PCR type and the sort of molecular biology reactions they are quite sensitive. Um, you can sort of it's not a funny joke. I was going to say you can sneeze on them and that will stop them. But of course, if you sneeze on them, then you'll contaminate them. But yeah, we're not surprised to hear about um, people have issues, let's say. Um, it's worth saying there at Zimmer and Peacock, you know, we do have this large range of um, screen printed electrodes. And we're quite experienced at bringing them into molecular biology um, type experiments. And what we're doing is, you know, we'll take a... Um, we won't start off by doing um, a biosensor straight away. We'll actually just start by doing PCR in tubes. So we'll do the polymerase chain reaction actually in a tube and we'll add in a sample of the material. So for example, we might add in um, a section of one of our screen printer electrodes. So our intention is actually to move the PCR reaction onto the screen printer electrode. But before we do that, we'll actually screen the materials to make sure that they're compatible by just taking a tube, um, putting in some screen printed electrode, that's the test, and then we'll run a control where we don't put in this, for example, the screen printed electrodes, and we'll put them through both through um, PCR. Now what we're hoping is that we'll get a positive result with a control and we'll get a positive result with a test, and that tells us our material is good. It's very rare that the test completely fails, but it's not unusual that um, new materials can, in fact, inhibit um, the PCR reaction. So the question I was asking whether we had experience of using our silver silver chloride uh, inks in things like PCR reactions, the quick answer is we do. And uh, we have experienced different materials inhibiting PCR. I think it's life is always a balance because obviously you know the development of a molecular biology biosensor is a good thing you know it um it can make it can essentially allow you to take um pcr which is a lab-based 
um, procedure and move it out into the field. Uh, when I say out into the field, out into the sort of world in um, in a sensing application. But yes, it does need optimizing. So we at ZP do screen our materials and we can do PCR on top of our reference electrodes. But we also see that many materials that are associated with screen printed electrodes do inhibit um, or yeah, they do inhibit the PCR. So it's not that they kill the PCR, but it does inhibit the PCR. So um, I've, I must apologize. I was having a few, I felt like I was having a few connection issues this evening. Um, so that became a bit um, jumpy. Ali was, who was watching online was happy. was kind enough to say that you could still hear me, but so thanks for the confirmation, but um, I'll just do a quick summary. So we have the ZP developer zone. The forum question came up. The forum question was saying, I've been using a chlorinated silver wire and everything is good. He says, I'm using the, now I've gone over to the painted silver silver chloride, but it seems to be inhibiting my PCR. Um, and we would say that, you know, we do do um, PCR type experiments on top of screen printed electrodes. We do it a lot. And um, sometimes we do find that PCR can be inhibited by some of the materials, but we find that it doesn't kill the PCR. It does inhibit and sort of slow up the PCR. Um, so if you're looking for confirmation that sometimes you do have an issue, then I can, can definitely confirm that. And I can also confirm that it's, you know, it's obviously known in the literature as well that, you know, it wasn't very hard to find that silver nanoparticles, I would say, or silver particles can inhibit PCR. Um, so, yes, is the answer to, is, is the answer to your question. So what I'm going to now do is I'm just going to sl um, slip gears slightly or change gears. And I'm going to actually go into sort of doing more of a, um, let's say, more of a new section um, for this week. So I just want to do a quick roundup of some of the things that have happened um, this week. It's um, I would like to say that we're um, we are doing a webinar um, on the twenty um, second of June. It's at um, two p.m. Central European time, which is if you're in Asia is about um, seven p.m. in the evening. We're doing it with um, USN, so we've got very strong ties to USN in Norway. And yeah, we're going to do a webinar um, with one of the professors there. Um, if you're interested, um, it's free to register and I hope you can come along. It's more, we'll be talking more about MEMS, um, which I think MEMS and BioMEMS fits more with ISFET, which was also a topic of this evening. So yeah, please come along to that. That's some of the news that we've got this week. Um, this is um, hopefully interesting. We are obviously very much associated with um, there's a World um, Congress on Biosensors. I think this, not think, I know this was first started by a gentleman called um, Professor um, Tony Turner. Um, I've known Tony for um, at least a decade. Um, and um, he has this sort of biannual conference on biosensors. I would say it's one of the sort of leading academic um, conferences on biosensors. So I'm glad to say that um, that we're actually going to give the opening talk at this this year. They're doing a workshop um, around. Um, yeah, they're doing a workshop before it starts, and ZP is chairing that. And it will be around. It, it will be on the topic of um, commercializing biosensors. So that's just some news that we will be um, doing that um, this year. Um, some other news from um, ZP. 
just this week. I know I talk about this a, a, quite a lot, um, but I just wanted to kind of highlight that um, in Italy, on one of the sort of major TV channels, um, we were, well, I say we, one of our good um, friends, Exhalation, who's made a system for analyzing COVID-19 on the breath. Um, they actually made the national news. So the, sort of the, the TV did this, you know, this whole com compare and contrast between nasal swabs and throat swabs. And then they featured the um, um, the Corona check, you know, and showed it being used in hosp in hospitals. So it was really nice. And, the you know, the professor there uh, gave a very nice, you know, comments about um, the um, the Corona check. So that was really kind of nice to see that some of, you know, some of your work ends up in hospitals, you know, and actually helps with clinicians, you know, essentially doing their work. So we were um, delighted with that. Um, just some um, other news from this week. Um, we also, I mean, we've also been making um, these, these flow cells. So at ZP, you know, we're known for biosensors. Um, and it's interesting that people like Ali, who actually have a sort of background in the food industry, for example, um, we also end up making, you know, flow cells. Flow cells are quite good if you're doing sort of continuous monitoring of, let's say, food production. Sometimes you have to bring the sample to the sensor. So um, at ZP, we're um, the, the distribu we're distributors for um, things like peristaltic pumps, and we also make the flow cells so that the biosensors can actually go into the flow cells. So I think something that makes Zimmer Peacock a little bit different is... Um, you know, you see me and I speak and we know I'm a chemist, I'm an electrochemist, but we actually have a lot of really good mechanical and electronic engineers. Um, and so it was kind of, you know, they put together things like flow cells that we think are like amazing, but for an engineer, you know, these things are fairly straightforward. So we're, we're really happy with the, um, with the strength of the team. So we just put some little bit of news out about a flow cell that the guys had manufactured this week. Um, I caused a bit of confusion this week as well. So um, we make screen printed um, gold electrodes and it was just interesting to contrast that we, you know, we ended up using two inks to make screen printed electrodes. And you could really see um, a difference um, in the cyclovoltammetry of the two inks. Um, one of them was the reproducibility was great. The gold one, there's about six sensors here and they're absolutely on top of each other which I'm really proud of because at Zimmer and Peacock, there's so many people who are sometimes dismissive of screen printed electrodes because they order, you know, 50 screen printed electrodes from a company. They test them all. They're all wildly different, you know, and they, therefore they think, oh, that's the problem with screen printed electrodes. No, that's just a problem with that manufacturer. Uh, but at Zimmer and Peacock, you know, you can see here that we've been experimenting with a couple of goals. So gold one was really reproducible. Um, but um, not but it doesn't matter in some ways. But you, you can see that it's actually, if you're watching the video, it's slightly more distorted, and that's when you've got a, a high, slightly higher resistance. It's ended up distorting the cyclovoltammetry, and then we got some um, gold two where we got sort of the peaks were um, closer together. So you would argue, and the signals were higher. Now what's interesting, see, is if you're a purist, you and you're an academic, you'd say gold two was better than gold one. But the biggest problem in biosensor manufacturing is actually reproducibility. 
So from a manufacturing reproducibility um, perspective, gold one is better than gold two. But from a, let's say, classic electrochemical perspective, gold two is better than gold one. But for me, reproducibility manufacturing always trumps everything else. It doesn't matter to a biosensor really whether your peak-peak separation is 59 millivolts. It really doesn't matter. That's not the thing that's stopping you get to market. What's going to stop you get to market is actually reproducibility. So we just put some, um, because we are geeks at Zimmer and Peacock, and, you know, we like our electrochemistry, we just put some cyclovoltammetry this week up of a couple of goals. Just so you can see that not all goals are the same. Now, um, I made a bit of confusion this week because, um, but we have actually launched a cortisol sensor. I've put the um, data up onto the website. Um, I was really quite excited because to be frank, um, there is no easily available commercial cortisol sensor on the market. Um, and so we were happy or delighted to um, make this one available. So ZP, a couple of weeks ago, launched a fructose sensor. This week, we launched a cortisol sensor. Just a little anecdote for you. Um, one of the engineers was driving to work and um, he passed one of these buildings. And when he looked at the building, it's hard to see at the moment, but actually just in these green, there's these big ZPs. So this is our um, new building. It's a bit like a bond layer. It's up, like, up on a hill. And so from the hill, you can see this big gray building, um, but it's got ZP on the side. So this is actually our new um, building. We're not, we're not, um, we're keeping all the existing uh, facilities that we have. This is in addition. And um, the good news is we've actually already filled this building. So we're gonna, we're really thinking about building a second building exactly the same size. So um, get building 4,000 square meters, fill building 4,000 square meters, need new building 4,000 square meters. So um, if you're interested in being work, being with ZP and working with ZP, it's an exciting place to be at the moment. Um, and um, I just want to, yeah, this is the last bit of news I really wanted to cover um, this week, which was, um, so at Zimmer and Peacock, we really believe in, um, it's if you ever read our mission statement, you know, it, it essentially comes down to, you know, we always want to do good. And part of that is making opportunities for everyone, you know, in our in our global kind of community. Um, and so this week we were delighted that um, we'd applied to the UK Home Office to be able to sponsor um, foreign workers. And um, so we've been, we have a grade A status, which I assume means um, a grade A status to sponsor um, skilled workers to work in the UK. So at Zimmer and Peacock, you know, we... Um, our mission statement is to do good. Our mission statement is to provide, you know, great opportunities and essentially great jobs for people. And we absolutely understand that not all of the skilled people are that we need in this world are inherently in the USA, where we have some good operations. They're not inherently in um, Norway and they're not inherently in the UK. Um, and therefore, now we can actually sponsor people to be... Um, to come and work in the UK. So I just wanted to finish with that. So I'll summarize. 
Apologies, I think I was losing internet a little bit, but Ali was nice enough to say that, no, it looked like I was, um, you were able to hear me, which I'm delighted for. Um, at ZP, we do have experience of SPEs and PCR, so screen printed electrodes with PCR, they do work together. Sometimes you do find um, that they slightly inhibit the PCR reaction, and it's both our experience and also it's in the literature that silver particles um, will inhibit PCR. And then we just did the news for this week. Um, you know, just did a quick run through on that. And then on a happy note, um, we've, we've received a um, certification from the UK Home Office to allow us to sponsor foreign workers. So you all know who I'm talking to. So um, just want to let you guys know. All right. Well, thanks very much. Um, you were very kind this week because I did feel I was losing the internet, but thanks for um, listening and hopefully see you on Thursday. If you have any questions for Zimcock, please join the um, developers um, zone. And I just want to, if I was just going to say one last thing, I was going to just say that um, we are definitely building out now our, our newsletter um, a lot more um, aggressively or not aggressively but we're going to be we're going to be putting out a newsletter so if you haven't signed up for the newsletter um please do i will put a link underneath this video um but we'll be putting out a weekly newsletter we'll try to make sure we'll not try we will make sure the content's good and yeah i appreciate it so thanks very much ali um and guys and speak to you soon all right take care